Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Story Slam podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories recorded at our live events in Bristol, UK. All the stories you're going to hear are true and come straight from our audience. We release episodes every Thursday where you'll get to hear the next part of our recorded show. If you have a story that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear it. So please stay tuned till the end for more information on how you can do that. Make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast. And other than that, enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Story Slam podcast. You're here with us for episode number 46 of the podcast. And it's part three, the final part of our Schools Out theme. So I hope you're looking forward to it and enjoy. Hello. The lights are dimming, and now we're gonna have disco lights. <laughs> yeah! Wow, 2017! New year, new me! Okay. Um, lovely. Welcome back to Story Slam, everyone! Um, who went to the toilet? Who got a drink? Who told someone that they liked their story? Yeah, or just said something positive to yourself, like, I'm worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. Um, cool, great. Uh, we'll maybe kick off... Oh, you've filled up the one-line stories and quite a few more names in that hat as well. The theme today is schools out. Uh, I'm not going to repeat the rules because it's just people chatting shit, so you'll understand. Um, <laughs> um, my mum works in education. Growing up, I loved exploring the empty halls and playing football with my fellow child of a teacher. Um, Obligatory when your parent is your lift home. Also fun, looking at the loos for the other gender without setting. Without... um, (laughs) (laughs) Without sitting. Yeah? Ooh. (laughs) I don't... But... Um, well done for your mum for working in education. <laughs> it's a tough role. It's a tough role. Um, and then I'm going to read out one more one-line story, actually, before I reveal the, name, the next name. Yeah, I'm reading out another one-line story before I read the next name. <laughs> um, tell us a story on the theme of schools out. I was in France on holiday with my family. Ooh. Oh, I I had a plaster on a blister on my toe. It was a hot day. My toe got sweaty and the plaster lost its stick. I absentmindedly put it on the table where we were all eating pizza. Oh, my sister thought it was ham. chewed on it until she realised there wasn't a lot of flavour to it. <laughs> that's so great. I wonder if she, if you ever owned up to her, because that's really gross. Lovely. <laughs> okay, big drum roll for our next storyteller. Ooh. Tom! Hooray! Tom. Um, again, no content warnings. It's almost like You've just, <laughs> um, you've just not had any traumatic things happen to you at school or outside of school, which is really great. Go you, keep it up. It won't last forever. 
<laughs> okay, let's hear a one-line story before Tom comes up. I spent my first week of school holidays recovering from sunburn. Oh, I had fallen asleep revising for my A-levels <laughs> in a blow-up rubber dinghy on the River Thames. Ouch! <laughs> Ouch because of sunburning, ouch because you're in London. <laughs> very expensive, very big. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, you'll wear sun cream next time. Oh. Um, and again, before we get Tom to come up, tell us a story on the theme School's Out. In year 11, we convinced a friend to jump out of our first floor form room onto our religious studies teacher's car. <laughs> oh my God, it says... It says she did, and I thought it said she died. And I was like... <laughs> um, it says, she did, she was fine. <laughs> um, the car was not. <laughs> oh, cheeky mare, what are you like? Oh, don't jump on cars. <laughs> Let's give a huge round of applause now for Tom. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Uh, so um, my story is about a pretty tough time of making decisions as an as a adolescent growing up in the world. So um, when I was 17, I was at college. I was studying public services. If anybody knows that course, it's all about setting you off in a career towards uh, public service life, police, fire, the military. Uh, and I was all set to go to the RAF uh, until we went on a trip uh, where we went to an army base. And it was horrible. I didn't quite realise, actually, that living on an army base, surrounded by fences and barbed wire, being told when and what to do, uh, wasn't for me. So um, I said, well, no, that's not for me. Um, so going into my second year at college, I was quite disenchanted with the whole course and really wasn't into it. Um, and it was clearly evident. I'm one of those types of people, part of my sleeve. Um, everybody knows how I feel in that sense. And the course leader was quite concerned. Uh, got in contact with my mum. Uh, and she was invited in to come and speak to the principal. Uh, the principal basically turned around and said, look, we don't think Tom's quite happy here. Um, we'd like to offer him a basically drop down from his diploma to a certificate. And essentially, he can leave at Christmas with two A-levels equivalent. Um, and it was a big decision in my life. Like, do I leave college and go out into the big world not really knowing where I'm going or what I'm doing next? And I took my time over deciding it. And it was a conversation one day of my mum where I was sat down. She's like, well, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go in your life? I'm 17, I've got a clue. Um, she goes, what do you like doing? Well, over the last couple of years, I've been on family holidays doing scuba diving courses. And we came up with this idea that actually would go and get a loan, a career development loan from the bank, and I would go off and do my scuba diving instructor course. And I'd go back to the, the place in Turkey to where I've done most of my training, um, and it would all be good. So sweet, we'd done all that. And two weeks after my 18th birthday, got on a flight to Turkey. Um, and the idea was that I was going to go to Turkey and learn how to dive and teach people how to dive. It worked out in the sense I got my, my, my qualification. Uh, I was great. Worked out I also couldn't work in Turkey. So it was like, OK, where am I actually going to use this qualification now? And um, I quickly remembered, actually, that I had a friend, a childhood sweetheart, who moved to Australia. And I made a promise to her 
back then it was obviously, you know, kids making promises to, you can never expect to keep. But um, I actually kept that promise. And I jumped on a one-way flight to Australia and went and stayed with her for a month or two and then got a job up in Cairns. If anybody's been to Australia, you'll know that Cairns is oh, it's amazing. It's, uh, recommend it to go. It's absolutely fantastic. And I got a job on a, a boat called Ocean Spirit. Um, started teaching people how to dive at you know, 18 years old. Um, and I really related to the other story earlier about scuba diving and um, how actually shit the job is. Um, it's glamorous in the sense of, yeah, you're frolicking in the water and playing with fishes and turtles and stuff, but actually, the people that you're teaching, um, in particular, there was one nationality that I just frowningly hated um, because they basically got in the water and... You, you would sit on the boat and you'd explain to them, you know, these are the skills we're going to do. are going to partially fill your mask and then you've got to clear it again. You take your regular air out, throw it away, touch your leg, touch your bum, touch your tank, swing your arm around and, hey, look, your regulator's on your arm. And they'll go, yeah, yeah, I understand, I understand. Get in the water. No fucking idea <laughs> what is going on. Um, so, yeah, you're basically trying to communicate underwater and if anybody's tried doing that, it's all hand signals. And, oh, God, it was terrible. So, um... After a little while, um, I actually got fired from that job, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, so I ended up working for another boat and, you know, being 18, um, didn't really understand the true value of money back then. You know, I basically received uh, a small amount of money left over from the loan. That's what got me to Australia. At the time, the exchange rate was fantastic. Uh, basically walked out of there about 7,000. New Zealand, uh, Australian dollars, um, bought a car and got all set up and stuff. And um, being 18, as we all once was, um, went out on the alcohol and quickly found out the money disappears when you're in a bar. Um, so, yeah, I ended up basically saying to my mum, like, Mum, I need some money. I'm uh, on the other side of the world. No idea. She goes, Ah, oh, you've got that spare credit card for emergencies. I was like, Ah, yes, great idea, Mum. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was pretty horrific. And I got a phone call one day, and um, I had a great time up until that point, anyway. Um, and she basically said, look, this is getting a little bit expensive. And I'm like, yeah, OK, I can understand that. Um, and she goes, you, you just need to basically buckle down and start saving money. I was like, all right, Mum, I, I listen. I'm hearing you. Hung up the phone and um, took a pair of scissors out and cut the credit card in half. And when I told my mum this, you can quite imagine her response. She was not impressed by my decision. And um, I said, look, you know, I'm 18 years old. I need to stand on my own two feet. I need to do things for myself. And um, she said, fine, crack on with it, you know. Credit to you. So I did it. And, you know, there was times in that year where I was on two-minute noodles for breakfast, lunch and dinner for about three weeks until I basically got my next paycheck. But I did it. And um, it was actually the shittest year of my life in Australia. <laughs> but um, it's one of these years where I actually look back and go, you know what? It was such a big life lesson for me. That was my school of life. Um, and I went away as a boy and came back as a man. And um, fully recommend anybody to go out and do that because it was a hell of an experience, an incredible time as well. Thank you. I just always get so relieved when I hear other people acknowledge that traveling isn't always, you know, oh, I'm on a beach. 
Sometimes it's, oh, I don't have any money and I'm really tired and I'm all alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not happened to me at all. It's just you guys. <laughs> I've not experienced that. I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, phew. Um, but yeah, well done for telling us because I know, yeah, it's good to share with us like that that you it maybe wasn't the best year in every way but you learned a lot and learned that money is for food and rent and then for booze in that order just remember that and <laughs> round of applause Woo. so we've still got time for one or two more storytellers i know we're out of names in the hats but sometimes people get um re like regret from not putting their name in i just wonder if anyone wants to shout out if they'd like to tell the story and if you still need a minute just to think about it, I'm going to read a one-line story, and then just and then if you feel like it, you can. I can't see you. If you put your hand up, I won't see you. So you need to shout because of the lights. But um, okay. Firstly, one-line story. Um, a true story on the theme schools out. Leaving my ballet school has was a lot harder than leaving secondary school. My ballet teacher had seen me grow and learn from the age of three, and taught me so much more than dance. But it's, yeah, well, it's so great that you had someone that wonderful and had something that you cared about that much that you feel it really helped you grow into a person. Well done. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's jogged any memories for <laughs> any <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm a world-class ballerina and I want to tell you about it. Has that happened to anyone? Just shout out. <laughs> or if, if there's any more stuff. I, I can tell another dying story if you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, is this? Yeah. Is that allowed? Is, it, is this? Is you, did you do one earlier? Yeah. Should, should we cheer for everyone to do it? Yeah. <laughs> the people win. Yeah. Come and tell one. Woo. The quiet was stressing me out, man. I can't handle that shit. It was stressing me out. Anyway, uh, fuck it. There's a bunch of little ones in there, but um, this place that we were diving at was really sketchy. I mean, actually, so I didn't do any diving for ages, and I went back like last year to like a dive shop in my local town in Spain. And I, uh, I was like, oh yeah, I dived down in this part of Spain. And the guy goes, you know Andres Paoli, don't you? And I was like, yeah. He's like, did you get trained up with him? I was like, yeah. I was like, don't hold that against me. Go, yeah, no, I know that guy. He's fucking insane. He's infamous all up and down the, the Mediterranean coast of Spain. He's like just known to be the sketchiest diver. <laughs> and like, that's okay, depending on how you are, because I might not have as many hours logged as other divers, but I learned so much about what the rules say and what you can actually get away with. And it's a comforting thing. But, you know, he used to train us up by, like, swimming around behind us. And he's actually a really good diver. He's just, you know, insane. So he'd come up behind us, and he'd, like, turn off our air. <laughs> to be fair, he was reasonably safe about it. And he'd only do one tank at a time. So the other guy's just like... <laughs> and, like, the first time, you know, and, like, in the diving instructor stuff, they're like, the correct way to receive emergency air from your partner is to go and do this signal. The reality of it is, yank! <laughs> By the way, I'm out of air. <laughs> Cheers. 
so yeah, we were running around, and he's like, so what I want you guys to do, I was training with another buddy of mine, like we were just sort of on the same schedule. He's like, what I want you to do is randomly, when your diving buddy can't see you, turn his air off. <laughs> and like the evil bastard in me was like, yeah, no, I'm down with that. But... <laughs> And so we'd be like screwing with each other and like it'd be like two meters, okay, four meters, okay, 17 meters, oh you prick, really? <laughs> Down here, seriously? And we would just, it got so out of hand that at one point like I snuck up on him, I got him, and like you could just see him. And like you could see the dejected exhaustion at this game. He just drops his shoulders, turns, grabs me by the vest, and there's a button right in the center of the regulator. And it's to purge with violent gusts of air, all the water out of the system. And like, you could see the thought process. He just goes, nope, this has gone on too far. If I can't breathe, neither can you. And presses the button with the regulator in my mouth. And it just, <laughs> it's like, okay, 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 mercy. <laughs> but yeah, that was just one of the many things. We were coming back from, a, uh, from an island 13 miles out, which is pretty far to be going in like a Zodiac. This is an open-topped inflatable boat and just the storm of storms rolls in behind us. And like you can see, like he never gives away, the instructor guy, never gives away like when he's worried, but he's just kind of like, hmm. And you just kind of hear the boat, vastly overpowered boat go like, <laughs> wasn't enough. <laughs> but the, the storm comes in, so we're like sort of shooting off of waves and there's a rack right down the middle of the boat with all the diving cylinders or diving tanks. These are under a lot of pressure. And like all of us, we're used to the fact that this guy is absolutely insane and we just, it's cheap, okay? The tickets are cheap. That's why we're here. You're still here, like anybody with half a brain or a thicker wallet, it would have been gone by now. But all the, all the people who are just there for like a day dive, they don't know that he's completely crazy. So he's just wanging it across all the waves. He's not coming off the throttle at the crests. He's just, you know, on it. And finally, like one catches him off guard and the boat kind of like jumps a wave. And this is like a 13 seating boat. It's, it's, it's a lot of weight coming down. And he comes down and poof, all the cylinders just jump out of the boat. And it's like really cramped. And one of them manages to do a flip, knock the, knock the head off the cylinder. And so you've got like 215 bar of pressurized air just, you know, pinballing around the inside of the boat while this guy's wanging it on the throat. And finally, my dive buddy is like, you can see him. He's like, no, I got this, I got this, I got this. Yes! And then he's just like, fighting it and wrenching it back into the rack. And then, um, and then we get to port and the, the harbor master comes out. How is the dive? And everybody's got this like thousand yard stare Vietnam that like, yeah. Cool as a cactus. Boat guy's like, yeah, normal day out. You bastard. scuba diving we learned what to feed goldfish or not to feed them in this case um poo poo the overarching theme it's like three stories yeah well done um yeah so thank you so much for everyone who came up to tell a story um we're back next month i think it'll be sunday the 17th of september it's the third sunday of the month um theme to be decided so fingers crossed um <laughs> and yeah um 
Thank you so much for coming. I'm going to read out a few more one-line stories. Oh, there's only two left. On my final day of school, my friend made us all ghost costumes and herself a Pac-Man costume. And we played Pac-Man in the school corridors. <laughs> a good day. Oh. Oh. I loved school so much, I've not been able to leave it. Now completing my PhD. But with less than a year to go and with no more degrees to get, school is going to be out for me. Oh. oh. Um, <laughs> sorry. There's, it's not so bad. I like my job. Does anyone else like their job? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I warmed you up, you know, I warmed you up. <laughs> you gotta... <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Earning for the man. Woo! <laughs> Um, thank you so much for coming today. You've been such a warm, lovely audience. And we'll see you next time. Round of applause. And that is the end of our show for today. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to tune in next week for more true stories told live on stage. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at speakeasystoryslam at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook where you can get more news about the slam, but also see photos from the event. Um, also, if you'd like to tell us a story in person, then please come join us for our live events. They are every third Sunday of the month at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol, UK. We can't wait to see you. So from everyone here at Story Slam, have a great week.